It's time to take a ride on the Steelers afternoon drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. That just hits even harder after a weekend off with no Steelers afternoon drive, right? I mean, it just feels and after better. A foot- and after a game day, like we've got, yeah. we've got football to talk about. Yeah. Welcome in everybody to another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That's Alan Saunders. As he just alluded to, we got a ton to talk about today. Let's not waste anybody's time. First things first, though, subscribe, leave us a like, hit that notification bell, leave us a comment. Five-star review if you're listening somewhere else other than YouTube. Alan, we got to start off first thing first with some site news. Somebody else could be joining the dream team of Pittsburgh Steelers now. Let's talk about it. Super excited. Uh, we announced today that Derek Bell is joining the staff. Derek is a really, really talented football analyst, a great football mind. He's been uh, writing for All Steelers and Sports Illustrated for, I want to say, a couple of years now. And uh, just a guy who I've gotten to know over the years and, and I think is really talented. And we're really excited to have him. I think he's a perfect complement to what Nick and I already do. What we talk about in this podcast in terms of a guy that can sort of speak the game in the game's own language, but can also speak to the fans and theirs. I think that is the secret sauce here that we have going on where if we want to sit here and break down X's nose, we can do that. And if we want to talk about beer and tailgating, we can do that too. And I think he's another guy that just fits exactly the thing that we are uh, here at SteelersNow.com. We want to be the biggest, biggest, I don't care about being biggest. I want to be the best. I want to be the site that you don't need it. You don't need to go anywhere else. You can get it all. And I think that sort of hardcore analysis, the film study, the X's nose, the statistical analysis, uh, it's just hard with Nick and I going 100 miles an hour and writing you know, 10, 20 stories a day between the two of us. There isn't really time to slow down and do those big picture things. And so I'm really excited to have Derek on board and the way that we're going to integrate him into the site, which we haven't announced yet, but is coming. Probably some more announcements coming too. A little tease there, uh, but uh, yeah. we've got more stuff cooking. We're not done. And I'm just, I'm really fired up about it. And uh, I think you tweeted the the dream team picture. Like, man, yeah. it, does, it does feel like we have a really good thing going. I think it's covering all their bases. And I think people uh, are very familiar with Derek's work, obviously. Like, no, he's very focused on the Steelers, but I think he's really going to get into his bag and you're just see what he can do around draft time too. I mean, that's where he excels as well. So that's obviously quite a ways away, but uh you know, I'm, I'm super excited that Derek's joining on. And, and yeah, like you said, we were having some fun with it on X uh, earlier today with the announcement of him joining. That's going to take forever for me no, to actually no. start. Yeah. Like, I'm giving it like at least a year before I actually leave an attempt <laughs> to call it X. Like, I'm, I'm on the, I'm in the, I'm calling it Heinz Field band. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Wavelength of, of t- it's Twitter to me. It's going to be Twitter to me. The, and, and my, I have an out because as long as Twitter.com still works, then I feel mm. like it's not incorrect to call it Twitter, even if that's not what they want to be called. Since when do I care what anybody wants to be called? I mean, yeah. people, sure, but companies, eh, it's Twitter to me. Yeah, it took forever for the, um, like, so if you have apps that are like together in a group, like in a folder type thing that are together, it took forever for that to actually switch from the bird to the X. Like it just happened for me on my phone, like last week. But if I went into the folder, it showed as X. Oh, but the like, it's, oh yeah, I know what it you was mean. the last, it was yeah. the last step, the last living bird. Yeah. So fully gone now, but uh, anyway, 
let's get into some actual football stuff, I guess, at this point now. I'm assuming that people would like to hear some football talk on this podcast. Well, good news, because we do have a lot for you. Um, let's, let's give a little bit of a rundown with a little bit of a shuffle here. Some injuries obviously happening uh, over the weekend in the preseason game, also in practice, um, and a little bit of a reshuffle on the back end there with Lavert Hill and Neville Clark coming in, Isaiah Dunn and Duke Dawson, unfortunately, finding their way out. I would say Duke Dawson, probably the, the most well-known name out of there. I mean, it's at one point was getting some reps in the slot with ones. Um, but yeah, give us a little bit of a rundown there with the, the cornerback reshuffling. Yeah, and then yesterday as well, uh, Chappelle Russell waved in oh, yes. yep. and, and Forrest Ryan signed. So um really, you know, Russell and 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 uh and Dawson were both injured in the preseason game. Russell was covering mm-hmm. a kick, Dawson was a very obvious one in the back of the end zone, uh defending a pass and uh, came down on the foot of the wide receiver and landed awkwardly. Um so uh, two guys that I thought were having really good camps that I thought maybe we're not necessarily going to make this team, but to me, we're kind of locks to be practice squad guys and easy call up options. If this team had injury problems, you know, like I think mm-hmm. I'm not sure that Duke Dawson was going to make the team, but if you go into this year and like maybe Patrick, uh, Patrick Peterson, you know, has a hamstring, he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Like that's an easy guy. They could have called up and plug and play and been very comfortable with the same thing again with Chappelle Russell and a position where you have some older guys like Quan Alexander and Landon Roberts at linebacker, like really felt like easy depth for this team. Both of those guys lost for the season because they were waved injured. There is like some technical process that they can come back if they reach an injury settlement. And then six weeks after the length of their injury settlement, they can come back. Still did that with mm-hmm. Matt Teague last year. If you remember, they brought him back at the very end of the year, but it's not usually the way things go. Usually if you get waved injured, you're either actually out for the year or you are going to be cut by the Steelers and some other team will pick you up, but not the Steelers. So um, tough, tough luck for those guys. Tough break. That is the downside of preseason football. Um, get to bring in another group of guys. Lavert Hill, very talented guy, was very highly regarded uh, when he was at mm-hmm. Michigan, uh, went undrafted in that COVID year, didn't get a preseason, didn't really catch on anywhere, bounce around from the Chiefs to the Eagles to the uh the cardinals and the browns and the there's there's another one in there i'm missing i think um i think five nfl teams hasn't played a game was with the browns last year in training camp and he was kind of the duke dawson guy for the browns in training camp Mm -hmm. last year where it kind of looked like he might stick and then he got hurt ended up uh, being waived with an injury designation and played in the xfl this spring where he was an all xfl guy played exclusively in the slot almost exclusively in the slot for the st louis battle hawks and so lavert hill is very clearly your duke dawson replacement i know less about neville clark i know he was in the usfl and was another one of those 2020 guys had a cup of tea with the uh minnesota vikings and um but but i don't know as much about him or, or you know what his background is i think he's a, a bigger guy probably an outside guy uh, and Forrest Ryan was a guy who played against the Steelers in the preseason for the Colts last year out of Villanova, Waynesboro, Pennsylvania, South Central part of the state. Lots of Steelers fans are there. My cousins are from there. It's a small town. It's a cool place. He seems like a cool dude. Um, special teamer. Played a bunch of special teams for the, the Colts last year. So um, not only did they lose Chappelle Russell, Dick Kwiatkowski also suffered a shoulder injury yeah. in that game, did not practice Sunday. And so the depth there, linebacker, starting to become affected. So he'll backfill some of that corner also uh joey porter jr didn't play in the preseason game just back to practice on sunday but did not play in team periods so still not a guy who i think you know as of right now we would think is probably going to play this saturday maybe that could change as we go through the practice week this week 
but um, so, you know, looking at the, you know, just the depth chart and, you know, those guys are going to have to play um, pretty much all three of them uh, when we get to the second preseason game against the Buffalo Bills this Saturday. You got, uh, you're right on all the teams that he played for at the San Francisco 49ers, uh, their offseason roster. Yep. Um, But yeah, obviously very unfortunate for those guys. I wanted to ask you about one more name that I think people saw in for a visit today, and that's Corn Elder. Um, Do you think any of these, you know, these signings of uh, LaVert Hill and Neville Clark could take them out of Corn Elder? Do you think it's still a possibility that they circle back on him? I think there's a possibility that they circle back on him, but I think the fact that they've signed these guys means they're probably going to give them a chance first and then we'll see what happens. You know, same thing. Remember Quan Alexander visited like a month and a half before he signed. Right. And I think that happens a lot with veteran guys where if you leave without a deal, um, sometimes you never come back to it, but sometimes you do. And, you know, it's, it's just about opportunity and, and that kind of thing. Corn elder is a more experienced guy than either of those players. And certainly I think would be someone that I would feel a little bit better about needing to play in a game right away. Um, but maybe he won't want to do that. I don't know. Um, others, you know, I think we should talk about the game too. Like, you know, obviously, you know, there's been a lot of analysis. There's now.com, you know, talked with Nick and, and all kinds of stuff and got a lot of content up there, but maybe some of the things that you saw that you wanted to know about, or, or maybe that you feel about from that game, where, where was your head? Just kind of things were happening on Friday night. So the last time we talked, I don't think that we had a clear picture of how long we were going to see Kenny and the ones going into that game. I think it was probably actually shortly after we recorded that the report came out that it was going to be one series Um, and not necessarily like surprising, but in my mind, I was like, okay, is that one series unless they go like three and out? Like if they go three and out, are we going to see them for a second series or how exactly does that work? Um, But we didn't have to find out because they have a very long drive. Kenny Pickett goes six or seven scores that touchdown i just want to know how you were viewing that entire drive i mean because for me personally i saw everything i needed to see within that one drive yeah i think so too you know i think that last year mitch had two drives in the first preseason game but i think kenny threw for more yards like in just his one this mm-hmm. year and so i think it was a very good drive i think it, it showed what they needed to show there's more to go, you know, with that unit, you know, and that's one of the things that was on the final word last night. And they're asking me like, Oh, what are your big takeaways? I'm like, I don't know. It was one drive. Like, you know, Mike Tomlin routine plays routinely, right? Like right now we can't call any of that routine. It was good to see. Um, but they had some good drives last year. Like that drive does not look all that different than what they did at the end of the Raiders game. And at the end of the Ravens game, when they were able to move the ball down the field, usually passing and get the ball in the end zone. But they, those were the only two times they did that over those two games, right? We had long mm-hmm. stretches where they looked mediocre in between those scoring drives. So we've known they're capable of that. I think the real sign that we can say that this, yes, this offense is better is them being able to do it routinely, right, and not be able to just do it once. But I don't know what more you could ask for from that drive. I mean, I guess maybe some more running. Like, they, Nazi didn't get a carry. Jalen Warren had maybe two, neither of which were, you know, particularly notable so maybe a little bit more run the ball i think would be you know something yeah. to see in this offense but really i don't know what more that you could want from that group and i i find it hilarious that today you know jt o'sullivan's ripping matt canada for that game and i'm like what do you want like that's the best Steelers offense <laughs> looked in like since 2016 i don't know like i you know and i guess he has a point about the play calling but uh seemed like some strange timing for that one 
Yeah. I, I, so we had the uh, brief conversation about it on Twitter. Just see, I just called it Twitter. We had a brief conversation on there about it just because like I, I'm subscribed to his YouTube channel and I watch his stuff a lot. I've learned a lot about different like passing concepts and stuff like that through his channel. And so I obviously like watched the Kenny Pickett one right away. And I was like, oh, he's actually like very complimentary of Pickett. It's really just like those few opening calls to start that first drive that he was really ripping into just because they're such basic calls. So like I, I put that out there and then you responded we're like, well, yeah, it's the first preseason game. Like that's what it's going to be. And I was like, yeah, you're right on that as well. So, yeah, I, I mean, if we're talking about them going into the first regular season game and that is how they kick off their first drive with this, then, yeah, I think that there's yeah. there's room for there's criticism no script, there. But, there's no game plan. Yeah. Not all the plays are even in like, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you know, if you want to evaluate people you've got to run plays that everybody can run. You know, if you don't have guys that are all the way up to speed on everything, you know, I'm sure there's stuff that was in this offense last year that it, that they have not necessarily put in yet in this training camp, that if they told Deontay Johnson and George Pickens and Kenny Pickett to go run it, they could do it. But Allen Robinson's going to be like, like, I wasn't here. Like, you know, you can only call what you've put in and what you're comfortable with from a team perspective and then you don't want to give away the good stuff right like all the good plays you just put those in your back pocket and you say we save these for week one in fact matt canada genius of this in college where he would sort of release his offense in like bits and pieces throughout the year i think that's one of the things that could be a real cogent criticism of him throughout his time as an NFL offensive coordinator that we have not seen that same kind of progression through the year where it was like, Oh, we did one thing because they didn't have enough success. Right. You know, in order to build off success, you have to have success. You know, you have to do something and then you set up the next thing with the success of the first thing. Oh, we're doing this. And then they're going to think we're going to do this. And then we're going to do that. Right. And so like, if you remember 2016 pit, their opener, they played Villanova was forced Ryan on that Villanova team. Hmm. Maybe, maybe. Um, they played Villanova. They ran inside zone like 38 times. Like it was like the most basic offense of all time. And then they get to Penn State and they're running inside zone and they're handing the jet instead of inside zone. And there's 10 Penn State guys crashing the inside zone and Quadri Henderson just running rampant through the secondary of what was a far better team. And like that's that's good offense, right? That's what That's the way you're supposed to do it. And so... Yeah, I'm sure they want to put basic stuff on paper right now, like on tape. You know, everybody's going to watch these games. They have enough new to this offense that it's it's worthwhile to watch their preseason games. They don't want to put new out there. Like they they want to look as basic and as boring as they possibly can. So, and everybody does that. It's not like that's a Steelers thing. Like, what did Tampa mm-hmm. run that was super interesting to you? Nothing. I don't know. It was like half of the old Browns playbook from Baker Mayfield. Like it it didn't look yeah. like anything we haven't seen before. That's for sure the one team that I, I haven't gone back and watched their preseason game, but like I was curious about was Baltimore with Todd Monken being in there now, like how different their offense is going to look. I wonder how different it looked in that first preseason game though. I, I yeah, don't know. I haven't watched that. You, but... I did watch the 49ers yesterday though. And it looked like bland and honestly bad. Like it, was, it looked awful. I'm like, that's one of the most innovative, creative offensive minds in football. And th- their offense looked terrible for a large stretch of that game. People are like, Trey Lance. I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't look like they're trying to me. Like, I, you know, yeah. Now it looks like this is uh this is the way it's it, you know, this is this is the effort level that is being put into this game plan right here. So I, I'm yeah, I'm not saying Matt Canada is great. I'm just saying I don't know what you could possibly have to 
quibble with about that performance from week one of the preseason. Yeah, this isn't the reason why. Like people are anybody that's bringing this up is an excuse or not an excuse, but a reason to pile on. Matt Canada is doing it just because of who it is. I yeah. feel like at this point. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and 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 you know the defense ran like four plays the entire game. <laughs> so yeah. like yeah, they barely even blitzed. So I you know I don't. Oh, you could love the same criticism there if you really wanted to. What's TA thinking running the same defense all game? Like, no, it's preseason, man. Mm -hmm. I do want to talk about the defense and and really a couple players specifically on there. I mean, right away, an impact from Quan Alexander, very physical. I think that we saw what you expected to see. Yeah, yeah, impact in the in the press box. Yeah, Um, that's such a bad. But obviously, leaving his mark on the game very early. I feel like you saw Tampa running back. What you needed to see there, yeah. And he got. What did you did you think uh, that was worth a, a fifteen yard penalty on that? No, and I don't think it would be in a regular season game. I think they're they're hyper protective in the preseason, and and then the standard kind of rolls back from there. Um, but I, I didn't think it was a good call. I mean, I, I he did he hit him with his head was lowered like a crown of the helmet penalty, but he didn't hit him with the crown of his helmet. He kind of hit him with his shoulder. Like it was off to the side a little bit. I thought it was a good hit. Uh, I think the Steelers thought it was a good hit. I think Quan Alexander is going to do that a whole bunch. He's been electric to me. I just love his energy. I really am having a hard time figuring out what people like, why he was available. Like what, like what, yeah. you know, you kind of start to wonder like, why is this guy not signed? Like, cause he looks great so far. I, I can't, can't think of anything that uh, has been a negative and, and except for maybe that penalty, but I don't even know that I would put that in that category. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple other players I want to talk about specifically in the defense though, were some rookies I thought in limited time. And I didn't even know if we were going to end up seeing him at all. Nick Herbig playing just 13 snaps, obviously very impactful carrying over, you know, what he's done in training camp. Um, obviously limited reps to go based off of here, just 13 snaps. But what did you think of his game? Rockstar. He didn't play the whole first half, and I thought maybe he wasn't going to play. And then he came in mm-hmm. on like the first snap of the second half and had a sack, and then he blew up a run play, and then he had another sack. And I'm like, too good, too good to be playing against scrubs in the second half. And like, but the other, you know, I had a friend of mine ask me, he's like, hey, is this, you know, is, what, what was with this guy? Is he, is he really this good? And I'm like, you know, th- that was not stiff competition that he was facing right there, but he's been roughing up the Steelers offensive line, all training camp. So like, yeah, I think it's just a continuation of what we've seen. He is a very advanced pass rusher, very advanced. Like he, he can do it, man. I have no doubt in my mind about that. And he can penetrate to break up run plays. The question will be how he fares when they run at him when, and when he has to set the edge because he is small, he does have mm-hmm. short arms and that's going to be where he's going to be questioned forever. Uh, can he hold the point of attack against a double team, you know, chip with the tight end, or is he going to get blown five yards off the ball and cave in that whole side of the defense? You know, I think there's a real worry there, but there is no worry about his pass rush ability, man. As soon as he got on the field, he started, he was in the backfield. Like he's just so fast. Yeah. Uh, and then fellow Wisconsin rookie Keanu Benton, I uh, felt like very, was very impactful as well. I mean, there was one drive. He just blew up the entire thing on every single play back to back to back. Um, every it, run. It Every yeah. run he just obliterated. Like whether he made the tackle or not, he obliterated every run. There was they ran they came out. I thought it was hilarious. The the Bucks came out five wides and ran like a levels concept, I think, and got a guy open behind the linebacker, and it was like a pretty easy completion. And then they get the fourth down and they go 
like seven guys across the offensive line, maybe even like an eighth guy, you know, add gaps, you know, classic like wing T looking run stuff. And they need one yard and Keanu Benton just obliterated the entire, like he moved like three guys in the offensive line. I don't even know how it's possible. Uh, and, and that play lost yardage. Like I, I, if you, maybe you can spread these Steelers out. I do not think you can run over them. And that, and, and you know, some of those were against Robert Hainsey, who for the Buccaneers has played quite a bit in his few seasons Both in the NFL. Right. I mean, hashtag yeah. from here. <laughs> there you go. Hashtag from here. Uh, but Benton did go down with an injury in that game. Didn't practice ankle. yesterday. What do we make of that? Yeah, ankle. Mike Tomlin said day to day. He looks fine, so I'm not making too much of it. Um, I guess I can run down the rest of the injury report from Sunday to see if we missed anybody. Mm-hmm. Oh, Nate Herbig got hurt in practice on oh, Sunday, yeah. as did Toby and Dukeway. I don't think. And Dukeway is a serious Herbig uh, was being evaluated. Don't know. Quick we talked about Benton. We talked about Dawson. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi uh, in an a- uh, boot yes. on his right foot slash ankle. Haven't said what's wrong with it or how long he could be out. He didn't play in the game. Mike Tomlin kind of said after the game that it was minor, but uh, walking boot generally suggests not so minor, so we'll see about that. Trey Norwood's still not back to practice. Joey Porter Jr., John Lavette, Keanu Neal limited in practice. Demonte KZ, full practice. That's That was the injuries. Rest of Sunday's practice was very good. Pads on a one-day, you know, kind of off-day Saturday practice Sunday off day Monday didn't really expect it Mike Tomlin's been he's been going to that well a whole bunch man this is this has been a physical training camp uh I think he's he's set to make sure these guys are ready and uh was was some solid battles it was it was a good practice lots of uh lots of team run um and and uh two minute drill at the end where the offense was the winner after the defense was a clear winner in seven shots but uh James Pierre is a guy that I think I want to talk about because his yeah. arc throughout the weekend, um, you know, played a lot in that preseason game and played a lot is generally like not a bad thing. You know, when you're a depth guy, like you kind of want those reps results, nah, not so good, you know, got, yeah. got beat for the touchdown, got thrown a lot of completions. Um, and his defensive coordinator said before practice on Sunday, like, Hey, we don't really know what we have in this guy still. you like, is he our fourth corner? Is he a depth guy that just covers kickoffs? Like it's somewhere in between there. And uh, I thought he really responded to that with a really good practice on Sunday, had a great interception, broke on a route and jumped up and over Calvin Austin to make the catch. And I thought he looked really good out there. So he's been a guy that I think has been his entire career inconsistent. I think that's probably the thing that has held him back. You know, he will at some point need to find that consistent level uh, where he does not have those bad days, those bad reps, you know, to go along with what I think has been a lot of good over his time. There's been plenty of games where he's been solid, but uh, Friday was not one of them. And he's got to test this Saturday, man, because looks like Josh Allen is going to play for the Bills, at least some. Um, so expecting this secondary that's been very beaten up with injury, you know, we're talking about, turning over a couple roster spots in it talking about james pierre kind of struggling they're gonna be under the microscope on saturday at, at dacrisher stadium it, it's interesting because like I, I remember when we talked about james pierre before like i just feel like he's a good guy to have on the roster and maybe it is just inconsistent and that's the like that's the right word for it as opposed to like me just thinking that it's always 
when his back is against the wall, it seems like this guy is like really fighting for his life. That's when he ends up playing his best. I mean, a guy that played like 38 snaps in 2020, then ends up with a starting job in 21 because they moved on from Nelson and he ended up starting on the boundary wasn't very good got replaced and then you know kind of was in that spot until 2022 they have to call upon him in a Tampa Bay game where he plays 100% of the snaps and has like his best game to date and so it's just like that just seems to be the guy that he is but uh obviously we'll, we'll see how he answers the bell now going from Friday to a really good practice on Sunday hopefully it transfers over to this weekend against Buffalo yeah yeah I think that's um that's definitely one of the big things to watch this week and in this week of practice is how those DBs shake out uh, coming into this one. We'll see more KZ. I'm sure about that. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I would expect him to play at this point. I don't know about Neil. I don't. I would kind of be doubtful about uh, Norwood. I don't know about Porter. But so maybe some of them come back. But there's there's going to be a lot of guys out there that are going to be needing good results uh, from that game. How about the the vets that we didn't see in the first game? In, in game two do you think yeah. that we see that i would expect that we will see almost everyone in game two unless somebody is not healthy you know i think uh cam Hayward's had an illness uh he wasn't mm-hmm. in practice on sunday uh after not playing on friday so maybe not him but like tj like we didn't see him i think he'll play patrick peterson i think he'll play um minka fitzpatrick i think he'll play i think those guys will play at least a little bit um how much you know probably like one drive or so you know you're not gonna see a ton of those but i i do think we will see most of the starters in this game okay uh another guy like like pierre that played a ton in the preseason game was broderick jones and pretty mixed bag of results there in that preseason game um so i don't know if we want to start with his performance in the preseason game and then segue that to what he looked like in sunday's game but i i, I think that that's probably the route to take here yeah um, so I, I, I thought it was, you know, I didn't think it was great, but I didn't think it was awful in the preseason game. You know, it was about what I expected, not going up against great competition, especially mm-hmm. Yaya Diaby, who's kind of their best, uh, depth edge rusher got hurt uh, early. I think it was early in the second half. And so it really cut down the kind of available talent for Tampa at that position. Um, so he wasn't going against great opposition. I thought he was just okay. Um, and then he came out and had a great day of practice on Sunday, got to play a little bit of with the ones, maybe one or two reps, not a whole lot, but did to play a little with the ones. And really, I thought looked about his strongest. I think that's the big thing that they need to keep seeing from him is that growth. You know, I don't think he's that close to Dan Moore right now. I, I really don't. Um, but, you know, getting those reps is important for him and then showing that he can learn from it. I think that's the, that's the big thing that will determine how quickly, you know, he can kind of work his way into that starting lineup. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I feel like there was something else I wanted to talk about. Oh no, going back to the preseason game, because one of the things that I wanted to see was the camps of Anthony McFarland and Calvin Austin translating to game action. And both those guys scoring touchdown look very explosive, which we know is going to be the case. Now it's just one preseason game. I'm not saying, Oh, these guys would be huge contributors in the regular season or anything like that. But I, I think everybody would say it's nice to see their work in the training camp translate into a game setting. Yeah, I mean, I wrote um, not too long ago it's at the site, SillersNow.com, about Calvin Austin being a deep threat, not just this. And we may have talked about that here as well. 
um, mm -hmm. not just being this lateral guy, not just this jet sweep guy. We did see that, right? He had 23 yards on two jet sweeps. I think we can put the jet sweep hate to bed if he can do that every, uh, every other carry. Um, but it's not just that, right? Then just, oh, man, dude, that video clip, there's like an ISO of him in the corner on that touchdown. And mm -hmm. like, he runs like a four, four forty in game with pads, like just like blows the guy blows by the guy. Like just, uh, that speed is special. You, you don't get that just anywhere. Um, it is rare and it is valuable and they are going to use it. Um, they've really been working on that deep ball with him, getting the quarterbacks used to throwing at the angle. Mason Rudolph has always been good at that. He's actually probably the best of their quarterbacks at it. You know, they kind of drop it in the bucket. If you think about his college days, throwing to James Washington, very much the same idea. Um, but, you know, they need Kenny and Mitch to be comfortable with that as well, because I think that's a different kind of throw that not everybody can do. Um, and, and that's what he's going to need if he's behind it. You know, he can be five yards behind a guy, but if he's eight inches taller, like it doesn't matter. He's just going to go up and knock it away. If that ball's thrown on a line, you know, it has to have that arc under it and then still be able to lead him where he can run into it. Mason did a great job, but I think that's a part of the offense we have not seen. Right. But mm -hmm. that just home run. Like when was the last time the Steelers just took the top off a of defense like that? Uh, the last one that I remember is like uh, the Thursday night game against Carolina in 2018. Juju had that like 99 yarder. Yeah. Was that like 19 maybe? Uh, that was also an 18. Okay. Yeah. But even then, like he was kind of running through guys a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. like I can't even remember, like just, just past everybody and gone. Like, you know, that that's hard to do in the NFL. And if you can do it, it really stresses out defenses. You know, if, if I remember that uh, Raiders game um, where Henry Ruggs was doing that to the Steelers, and you can oh, kind of remember yeah. how, like, scrambled up the rest of the Steelers' secondary was because they were so worried about trying not to get beat deep by that guy. Like, it's mm -hmm. not just the ones you complete. It's what it does to the defense that you've shown you can do that. Um, I mean, I love how we criticize, like, the play calling on first and 10, but we're not going to talk about that because it's like a huge new wrinkle to this offense that we've not seen. And it, it's, it makes it so much more dynamic. And uh, I think probably that's a little bit more meaningful than the play call on first and 10 in the first quarter of the first preseason game. Yeah. I, I do have uh, one thing from the YouTube here, but I wanted to bring up something. I forgot. I should have brought this up when we were just talking about Broderick a second ago. Um, you mentioned that he was getting time with the ones and we were seeing Dan Moore get some work on the right side. I remember I brought up on here uh, like a couple weeks ago that somebody had mentioned the idea of that to me. And we were like, eh, probably having this conversation a year too early, but uh, did it surprise you at all to see that in, in camp, you know, that, and I don't even know how many reps we're talking about that he got with the One, ones and Dan Moore. Oh, okay. Okay. Maybe like two reps with Jones with the ones and maybe one of those with, more at right tackle like you yeah. know i tried to get mike tomlin to talk about this yesterday but he or he was not uh forthcoming but like look they just want to see jones at left tackle with the ones a little bit they want to see him against alex highsmith and they also like if something does happen with chooks that's clearly the plan right that that more mm -hmm. would go to right tackle and that broderick jones would play left tackle and so it does not hurt to get dan moore some reps on the right side and say hey you know you're our plan b here just in case so 
we need to get you ready and also let's see what the young guy can do and and uh, and give him a ch- chance so it just because they're doing that there's a lot of reasons to do that it does not mean that Broderick Jones is now the starting left tackle like even if they yeah. do a whole practice of that I don't think it would really mean anything to me other than that's something they're trying to see Gotcha. Okay. Um, the thing I wanted to pull from the YouTube for today was somebody asking if the players at all had talked about, and this is like strictly the new additions that have come in via free agency or anything like that. If you've talked to anybody, you've heard any of the players talk about how different this camp has been to, you know, the past ones with other teams. Oh yeah. Uh, Trenton Thompson was great, man. First day I, he was there. I talked to him. He was like, this, this is different. Like, we don't do any of this where I came from. Like, this is – it's so much more physical. Um, the Steelers go live more than any other team in the league. Um, they hit each other more than any other team in the league. It is the closest thing to – you know, it's so funny because, like, I do think, and we've talked about this here before, that a lot of Steelers fans are not necessarily, like, NFL fans. They're, like – yeah casual football fans and hardcore Steelers fans, if, if that makes sense, right? Where they're not necessarily like aware of what every other team is doing. And I think a lot of those people just compare this Steelers team to what old Steelers teams were like. And they're like, oh, well, you know, Steelers were out here full pads all day, two days, three days sometimes, you know, and like four hours a day for Chuck Noll hitting each other. And like, so the Steelers now are just soft. And like the Steelers now are the hardest hitting team in the NFL in practice. Like they go harder than anybody else. It's not even really close as far as I'm aware in terms of how much they hit each other in, in practice and training camp. And I think people that only compare the Steelers to the past Steelers and not to their, their contemporaries lose a lot of that context where, you know, the Steelers hit each other basically as much as they're allowed to. And um, there are very few, soft days in a Mike Tomlin training camp. It is extremely physical. There you go. You hear that, everybody? Let up. (laughs) There's not much let up at training camp, so you can let up on the Steelers for being soft. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's, you know, I I just think it's, this is another one that uh, is one of my all-time favorites, is there was a meme going around, like, the NFL circles on, I'm still calling it Twitter, it was like, who's the worst head coach you've ever had to live through as an NFL fan? And like, one of the things I try to explain to people from out of town is like, why are Steelers fans so hard on Mike Tomlin? Like, because the answer is Mike Tomlin, unless you're 88. Like, he's the worst coach the Steelers have had in my lifetime. The period. Like, it's not even, probably not that close. Like, he's also probably going to be in the Hall of Fame, but he's the worst. Like, and so, you know, he does not get compared to Sean Harbaugh and Pete Carroll. He gets compared to Bill Cowher and Chuck Knoll. And he's not as good as those guys. And so people are very hard on him. Uh, but he's every bit as good as his actual contemporaries, which is a very uh, interesting dynamic. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you lay it out like that, Steelers fans have been blessed. That's all we can say. Yeah. Steelers fans had no business participating in that meme. Let's just <laughs> yeah. say yeah. that, right? Like, uh, Steelers fans haven't suffered through anything ever. Let's unless you're around for Buddy Parker in the '60s. Uh, that was the last time. Which I wasn't. Uh, unlike my hairline might suggest, I was not around for those days. So, 
Uh, another great episode, Alan, unless you got anything else to add here other than uh, where the people can Let's, find you. Um, yeah, I mean, at Ace under, underscore PGH on Twitter. It's still Twitter. At PGH Steelers Now is the site. At PGH Steelers Now on YouTube. SteelersNow.com. That's where my work is. That's where Nick's work is. That's where Derek Bell's work is going to be. And let's have Derek on sometime, even if it's for maybe like 10 minutes this week. Yeah. Let's get him on. I'll get him. I'll get with him. I'll get a schedule. Let's get Derek on. Can we, can we squeeze like a third box? Like, wait, like just, yeah. just like put him here. Yeah. Uh, let's do yeah. that. And uh, the, the layout will be different, but. Yeah, okay. we can make it work. All right, yeah. Let's get DB on here and, and uh, share him with the people. Absolutely. I hope. I mean, most of the people probably know him, but yeah, it'd be great to, to get him on here. Uh, you can find me at Zachary Smith PGH, and you can find both of us on Twitter. And I'm this week, uh, this is going to be a big week. I'm putting it out there right now. We want those Steelers rides. Like, this is the week for it to happen. Are you coming uh, only... to the preseason game? I won't be there. Nope. Okay. All right. We've got to get somebody to just like go parking lot combing at this point, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I normally, I gave my, we need to go meet the rides where they live, which is like gold lot 10 AM before a night preseason game. (laughs) I do. I do have one complaint as a Steelers fan and specifically as a season ticket holder is you can't opt out of getting preseason tickets. Like I have to pay for them. That's NFL wide. That's not the Steelers. See again. Uh, Yeah. Well, there you go. All right. But we'll be back again uh, tomorrow for another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. Actually have a practice to talk about tomorrow. A lot of great stuff on this episode, though, recapping a lot of things. Um, Find us right here. Like, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you know when we post another video, when we do, you know, when Nick's Camp reports, any other content that will be on the channel. Leave us a five-star review if you're listening somewhere else. You can find us on all audio platforms as well. For Alan Saunders, I'm Zachary Smith, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye.